Today's Probably Science is brought to you by Creature Feature, a new comedy educational podcast from the How Stuff Works Network. Find Creature Feature at all the places you find podcasts, and you know how podcasts work. Probably Science. Hello and welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. We're recording back-to-back episodes, people. We will be bringing you stories from the science news from a week and a half ago. (laughs) Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. It's so silly. We've talked about this before on the show to say something is topical when it's science when... Well, I mean, it can be something that has just happened or has just been discovered, but uh, hopefully it's always relevant. It's topical, breaking news. Two and a half million years ago, it's thought that... Uh, our guest today our guest today is a comedian, writer, excellent trivia host, and personal friend of the Studio City Life Coach. You seem to never be seen in the same room as that person. It's, it's a Steve, big mystery. It's Steve Brett Young. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you helped, um, you helped Studio City Life Coach... Right, the Holiday Survival Guide. Yes, it's an As Told To book. Wink, <laughs> wink. Uh, yeah, I did put As Told To on the cover that I thought people would get. Um, but uh, I did have a book signing on Sunday. And uh, one of the people there follows me on Instagram, at Studio City Life Coach. And she thought it was a real, she thought it was real, basically. And I had to like, in, in gradual increments, oh, no. I, re- I realized, yeah. But I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm just like... I was kind about it, and I can understand why. If she follows the Instagram, like it's never. I, I just thought but she knows people the would Instagram know it was fake. is comedic, right? Or did she fully she, take she it? She really at face enjoys. Value? She thought it was funny. She thought the Instagram was funny, but I think she thought that it was funny. A, fu- a funny person talking about their actual it was like, life. Someone, useful. someone doing yeah. a sort of heightened version of themselves rather than a straight up character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bless. Yes. <laughs> Bless. Bless her cotton socks. But you know what? I'm glad she got the book because, well, A, that's good for me, but also because like that, I've had like really awful holiday seasons and it does amp up my stress level. And she sort of indicated that that was what was going on for her this year. So I'm like, you know, there there are solutions, Whatever's you know, wrapped in the through. jokes. There is uh, there are solutions and ideas for how to get through uh, sanely. So you put out this book. Now, this is the Holiday Survival Guide. Yes. That is the brainchild of Scott L. Swan. That is the name of... That's the name of the life coach, yes. And it's uh, one T in Scott and two N's in Swan. (laughs) (laughs) He's a recovering actor. He played Brian on the UPN sitcom Monique's Loft from 1997 to 2002. And uh, had to regroup after the cancellation. And he used to get a lot of fan mail from Malaysia. But he uh, discontinued his Earthlink account, so he doesn't get those uh, anymore. (laughs) Licensed shaman. Fully licensed. What is the licensing board for shamanism? Um, it's the Birds of Paradise Online Shamanism University, <laughs> okay. and they teach you things to do, like, uh, you know, better to have your ayahuasca ceremony in, like, a, a standalone home and not, like, places where you're sharing walls Shared with walls people. Ayahuasca's no good. Um, and if everyone starts to freak out, if you play Fleetwood Max Rumors on a boombox, like, it just sends everyone. It, it helps, <laughs> you know, just relax everyone. People know the words. It has to be a boombox. It can't yeah. be an iPod or a never, never. situation. <laughs> right. Because, no, no. <laughs> Actual Steve, friend of Scott. Yes. Steve Brett Young, the comedian. So the book is fiction, just in case anyone, just to clear (laughs) that up right off the top. The book is fiction. The Instagram thing, uh, the Instagram account is a joke. I do love yoga. I have not been to a life coach, but um, I'm fascinated by the fact they can just, you know, say they're... Uh, helping you and charge whatever like there's no real licensing it's just you know yeah this- you don't get struck off the life coaching register for miss li- <laughs> for miss life miss coaching. coaching yeah <laughs> i lost my license by telling someone to break up <laughs> <laughs> you misdiagnosed their relationship yes <laughs> you missed a blockage that they had you failed to notice it oh man i'm getting sued by them <laughs> there are a surprising number of people in this town who uh I mean, I don't know a lot of them, but the people who I do know who peddle in this stuff, it's like, well, if if the people who are you, who you want to come get advice from you knew you in your day-to-day life, they would be like, oh, oh wait, this yeah, is... For sure, yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of like what got the ball rolling in my mind. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, like, and I think some of them actually do help people or they have targeted focuses or whatever. So I'm not like mocking the whole thing, but yeah, um, sometimes it does genuinely help. Same with therapy, but yeah. like therapists are actually trained in a way that the, you know, you have to yes. do stuff to be a therapist rather yes, than exactly. just call yourself a therapist. <laughs> but, but even still, it, it sometimes just helps to have an outsider perspective to go. This is what you let's make a plan. This is what you need to do. Yeah, and I think like a life coach is more task oriented and there's accountability there with whereas the therapist it's, you know, talking and they don't really tell you, you know, go break up with this person or whatever or whatever it is. So, right. yeah. Uh, I think I'm yeah, like I'm I talking assume, out of my ass here a little, but I assume like, like life coach is like a is like a personal trainer for your goals or something. Yeah. As opposed to a therapist which are I don't know what the analogous thing would be. That's not a personal trainer. But this is a, this is a comedy book. But like you said, that shit, that person at the signing got some genuine use out of. Yeah, your... you can't... I hope she does. I don't know. Like <laughs> she may come back and say that's this book was awful. But um, I mean, literally, like the point of the book is like lowering the bar for expectations for this time of year and just like sort of taking it easy and you know doing what you can to enjoy yourself and not be so wrapped up in expectations and, you know, uh-huh. uh, spending money you don't have, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a chapter on Xanax or Valium? Uh, no, there's not, surprisingly, but that should be like a... For next year, I'll do a, a you know, <laughs> the revised 2019 edition. It seems like the shortcut version, but yeah. uh, that will work. I'm not recommending it, but I think it... Uh, I've heard it might work. Yeah, um, or maybe some organic fair trade THC uh, edibles. Sure, uh, sure. You know, just the mild kinds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think actually I'm going back to Christmas. To, I'm going back to Michigan for Christmas, um, and I think they just legalized marijuana in Michigan. There, oh really? Didn't they? Every place pretty much has now. That's not true. I but mean, an increasing number of places have like though. eight states. That's every place, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the big ones, <laughs> the important ones, the ones that count because they're the ones where you can get high. <laughs> You don't have to tell Studio City Life Coach, Studio City Life Coach that. He, I mean, like he's not here, but if he were here, you wouldn't have to tell him that. Right? No, he would know. Is uh, is Scott here? Can we talk? <laughs> <laughs> the best. It's the inside of the actor's hey studio. Man, what? How? What's your? Thro- what's your? Uh, what's your? How are you process. attending to your chakras over Christmas? <laughs> oh you know, my God. like what's your procedure? Like I just love hearing <laughs> other people have to say about that. You know. Uh, what is what is uh, the theory of a chakra? Is like there's like five different points in your body or something, or what's the? I don't know the number of chakras. <laughs> okay. I think it's more than five. I mean, yes, there probably there's are five points. Um, I've never really i I've done yoga a long time, but I've never really been like a chakra scholar. Okay. But um, yeah, I did have someone dangle a crystal on a string in front of I think my heart and my head, and she was taking note of which direction it was spinning. I was like, "Can I hold it? Mm-hmm. And can I hold it more steady than you're yeah. holding?" <laughs> We're not friends anymore. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a huge thing to do. Sorry. I'm just like, no, what are we doing I here? think it's what the right thing doing? to do, but it's... Yeah. Oh, uh, was she going to like diagnose you with like whatever with like, okay, the, it's moving this way. Oh, so yeah. therefore... Was, okay. Counterclockwise crystal meant that my, this, my heart chakra was blocked by mm-hmm. something. And I was like, what does it mean if I just hold it really steady? And then yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> it means shut up, Andy. I mean, I guess maybe if you had a perfect pendulum... Wait, is that will the rotation of the Earth make a pendulum that's not that you didn't start moving move a little bit if it's on a long enough line? Uh, yes, but it would like, have to be an absurdly long line. Okay, I think. Well, so hang the on, thing it, at Griffith isn't like some kind of measure of Earth's rotation or something. I thought there was some property you could divine from, or it's just the fact that a pendulum precesses is because of the rotation of the Earth. This is, is that, something I should know, but I don't. Yeah. Okay, whatever. It's called probably science. This is well, I'm leaving. Yep. <laughs> Do you want to get into any stories? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Before we get into stories, we always like to ask our guests if, uh, what, if anything, is your background in science? I haven't said it in so long, I forgot what the word um, I, uh, I hosted a pretty mean trivia at um, a certain Los Feliz hipster dive, and I think, um, you know what? It was interesting... I feel like um, I've been in entertainment so long, so there is part of me that's like, am I an idiot now? So I do. I did like to. I wrote the questions, so during the week I would wonder about certain things, and I would like. And uh, I think having a science category was the easiest thing for me to write because it was very definitive. Um, so, so hosting Bart, uh it was interesting. I like. So I was uh, probably would have gotten up to that, but I did like seeing the world differently after that, and like looking at solar panels out and being like, you know. Thinking about which way it was pointed and all that. So, was that um, what, what was the reason it didn't last very long? Um, I was downsized. 
Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. I don't know if maybe you realized it was some kind of like pyramidy, scammy, commission based uh Um it wasn't pyramid it was yeah, it was gonna be pure it was going yeah, anyway, it was just not not, not for- I wanted you know, it's like stand up comedy, you just want something that's gonna pay and not something we have to like build, you know, uh, yeah, a whole yeah. life and you know in two years you'll have like no exactly. I need to just exactly. Something. Yeah. yeah, I um made the mistake of some tweaker broke through threw a rock through my sliding glass window in Portland uh, on Christmas actually oh and because he saw that I had I had gotten this tool set for Christmas and I made the mistake of putting the box out by the street for recycling so he's like mm-hmm. oh there's tools in that house and tools are like expensive crack to crack heads <laughs> no, yeah. no but it's also like, they're easy to sell they're easy to fence so it's like a oh, I see. frequently stolen thing by yeah you can't like remote drugs. lock a hammer yeah, no, I mean, it's, it was like a higher end, uh, it was, uh, you know, one of those cordless um, seven-in-one, right. like a $300 thing. Mm-hmm. But even um, still, they're just like, there's nothing that you could, once they they just, you just sell them on. Yeah, it's easy to, right. So he threw a rock through the, went through the sliding glass window. So I had that repaired, and I, and I just looked in the yellow pages for someone to do that, and mistakenly called what was sort of like the Amway of, of window people. Oh. Who, they came in with this just like, such an over-the-top, sales pitch with all these like visual aids and things like it's it's a double pain i mean if it was single pain i would have just done it myself i just thought i should but i'm like no i I don't need any of this it's just one thing that i have to get repaired and they wanted me to redo my whole house and then uh, i kept saying no and uh then when they realized they couldn't get the sale they tried to recruit me to be one of their salesmen oh yeah Yes, what I did. Like you're too the good. natural, the I, natural progression of things. This student has become. Well, a you seem very yeah. uninterested in what we have to offer. Would you like to sell it? It was so bizarre, and then they they just st- straight up started lying about. Like there was a guy who was older, and then like this apprentice guy, and they both had pulled up in like really run down cars. Which I'm not. I don't care. It's just like it was notable because then they're trying to sell me how, on how great the job is. And the mm-hmm. guy was like, "I make six figures. Don't you make six figures?" And the other kid was like. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, I make six minutes. I was like, Jesus, like I'm not going to find out you guys are lying. Like, That's wild. And also he saw like a comedy. I didn't tell him it was a comic. I'm not that dumb. But like he saw some book related to st- something gave it, gave it away. And then, of course, he had to tell me about the favorite, his favorite comics who included uh, Jeff Dunham. And, yes. And then he's like quoting. The greats. He's quoting the uh, like the Ahmed the Dead Terrorist bits from Jeff Dunham. It's just like picking the worst of the worst and then the worst bits from those people. to be like, aren't those great? I'm like, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's great comedy. I yeah. love him. Was this all on Christmas Day or do you have to wait until the next day to call? Oh, I think it was. Actually, did I just live with a wide open? I must have just screwed in some plywood and then dealt with it for a little while. Yeah, it was probably like a week or two after. Oh. Maybe it was the new year. But yeah, Christmas morning. That guy had fucking smashed. That's a lot of things. That's a smash. lot a, a chain of events to for a tweaker to, you know, see a, to, a recycled toolbox and then just be, you know. Well, then he probably walked to the backyard and saw, maybe, yeah, maybe it was even visible through that sliding glass door. So maybe it was all my fault for having it be visible. And then he was like, oh, I can just, with this one rock, I can. Don't blame yourself. It's a sick <laughs> yeah, world. It is. It is. <laughs> That sounds very. Uh, was that, were you just channeling your friend? <laughs> don't blame yourself. Yeah, don't blame. Don't take that energy on, man. That's not. You're not the thief. <laughs> you're, you're living in an abundant universe, and it's not your fault. Uh, you know what is our fault? Uh oh, climate, climate change. change. It is. There's Ooh. a there's a lot of stories we should really talk about. It. It's. I. Uh, it's so upsetting and depressing, but. Not just the, the the study, but the fact that it was it was leaked or not leaked. It was published on Black Friday. Black Friday, when everyone's with their families or shopping and not reading the news, like just blatantly buried. Yeah, there's uh there's been a few stories, but I don't even know how far into this we want to go. There's 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 a whole. I'm even looking at so Trump dismisses U.S. climate change report, uh, but then another story that broke today: CO2 rises for the first time in four years. And then another story that UK summers could be over five degrees C warmer by 2070. Uh, and then another story. Well, 2070 is a ways out. Yeah, we're fine on that. We'll, we'll work it out. And then and listen, uh, you know, uh, UK summers could deal with some uh, warming up. So yeah, yeah so it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. And then also we've got an El Nino coming in in the next couple of years with a 90 percent probability. Which so is a hotter summer than New that summer? is hotter. Yeah. So it's going to okay. be more droughts and more. So even beyond the normal. Even within the fluctuation of weather that happens within the general climate progression upwards, it's going to be a hotter than average because of this El Nino coming in, wow. which is 
not definite, but is likely. So El Nino is that in the Western United States? I mean, is that for the West Coast or is that is it a Pacific phenomenon? Yeah, hang on. What, what, let me find the specifics of what El Nino is. I know it's Chris Farley in uh, in drag. Right? <laughs> Remember that? No. <laughs> Yo soy El Nino. Oh. <laughs> the first time it became a thing in the '90s, it was an SNL sketch where he played El, El Nino, explaining what it was. Uh, here we go. Strong chance of El Nino forming by early 2019. And by early 29. Oh, so next summer will be. Yep. Or what that I mean? What that usually, or what that meant in the 90s when I lived here and we had El, the El Nino winter. It was just like crazy rains all the time. So yeah, I think it generally oh. fucks with stuff. Uh, so it's the nat- It is the naturally occurring event that causes changes in the temperature of the Pacific Ocean and has a major influence on weather patterns around the world. It's linked to floods in South America, droughts in Asia and Africa, and record temperatures often as heat rises from the Pacific. Uh, according to the World Meteorological Association, there's a 75 to 80 percent, so I slightly overestimated the percentage, but still more three quarters chance minimum of a weak El Nino forming within three months. Uh, so plan your drives accordingly, Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. According to the WMO update, sea surface temperatures in the East Central Tropical Pacific have been weak at El Nino levels since October however the atmosphere has not yet responded to the extra warmth that is produced by the upwelling seas scientists have been predicting the likelihood of a new event since May this year with confidence increasing the Australian Bureau of Meteorology are now estimating that an El Nino event will start in December US forecasters are saying there's a 90% chance of the event starting in January that's where the 90 came from and a fully fledged El Nino is estimated to be 75-80% to likely between December and February of next year that's December of this year and February of next year. Oh, okay. So, in basically the next three months. At this point, the WMO says its predictions for the event range from just a warm, neutral condition through a moderate strength event with sea surface temperatures peaking between 0.8 and 1.2 degrees C above average. So, you know, it, it, sound, it's, it always sounds like so little, just 1%, 1, yeah, one yeah. degree C warmer yeah. in the ocean, but... That's enough to fuck up with a lot of stuff. Yeah, I would also just think about how much more en- how the amount of energy that that is. Oh, that's true. Because yeah. that's one degree C over all this mass, over all this huge amount of mass of water. That's that's massive. So, I was yeah. just curious. I just looked up what the. It, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, according to this article, the chance of a strong event are currently low. It's not expected to be as powerful as the event in 2015, 2016, which was linked with droughts, flooding, and coral bleaching. But even so, it can significantly affect rainfall and temperature patterns in many regions with important consequences to agricultural and food safety sectors and for management of water resources, public health, and it may combine with long-term climate change to boost the 2019 temperatures. So, what were you about to say, Andy? Um, do you remember when we had Jay Family Eddy on in 2014 or 15? I, I do remember that. Senior water, uh, senior water scientist at NASA JPL, and that was in the peak of of the last drought i just looked up the stats for the last 20 years of droughts in california here's a little chart i didn't realize how Ooh. cyclical they were but also like i thought things were pretty good after 2017 which they were we had like 14 15 16 17 were a lot of severe drought this was mm-hmm. the percentage of uh in those years we had about 40 percent of california in severe drought and the rest of it in some form of drought and then 2017 we had decent rain and it got good but i guess we've Bounced back pretty well into a decent drought once again. I kind of thought we were good for a few years after that, but um, yeah, I don't think it takes that long for us to be back in. And then uh, most of Southern California, at least like closer to the coast and the Mexican border, is in severe to extreme drought right now, even though large parts of California are completely out of drought. And I guess like probably all the stuff that happens up in the mountains doesn't have much impact on what we care about most down here, which would just be keeping things moist enough not to catch on fire right i would think yeah, yeah. so so uh with el nino coming that's going to make that we could have heavier rains this winter but then hotter next summer uh yeah it, i think it just generally it just puts so much more energy and everything into the atmosphere that temperatures rise in some places you get more flooding and uh God, I don't know. It's not good. It's, it's, not, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. Not the best time to be living here in California, especially in the the city of pleasure. Is that what Trump called it? 
Oh yeah. Did we already talk did, about this? Yes. Our fucking president standing on the embers of a destroyed town where hundreds of people have probably died calls it Pleasure California three times. Yes, managed to just you know why would why, why would you have to learn the name of the place where Why would you dying? bother researching the name yeah. of the place that you're visiting in the event of a national tragedy? Why would you do that? I wouldn't. Yeah, and Jerry Brown, I just yeah, just staring at the ground while he was saying that. Just, <laughs> was he next to him? Yeah, yeah, just trying to. Just also, probably from yeah, he has, still has political ambitions. I'm sure Jerry Brown or like or public life ambitions. When he's like, what is the appropriate face to make during this process? Oh yeah, exactly. I am on the one hand, the state that I am in charge of has suffered a national tragedy. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I'm standing next to this buffoon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but also, just, he's like, the president. Up in the air. What, what's the downside to doing that? Why not just do it? Because that's, that's reasonable when a yeah. person's that dumb and that insensitive. That's oh. anyhow. How did we get down the? Oh yes, we were trying to figure out which of these articles about how fucked we are climate wise is best to cover. <laughs> um, was that what you were doing? Yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Oh, okay, um, so the actual. Did you want to get in the meat of the actual report that came out Friday, or is yeah? It not I really guess worth- I guess we should. I guess we it was is a huge news story, and we probably should cover it. Um, and yeah, this is the culmination of. I guess it's it's a report that comes out every four years, I believe. Let me see if that's true. I'm just grateful that there are still uh, scientists in the government that can actually release this stuff. Yeah, it's, it doesn't matter though because then the head of the nothing government is actually is, done about <laughs> he's it. Yeah, denying his own thing that under his administration is coming out. Um, but you're right. It is, and and they are still, and they are constantly fighting battles to avoid stuff being deleted and uh, removed, and generally fucked over. Mm-hmm. It's it's not good. No, and efforts to address climate change have expanded in the last five years, but not at the scale needed to avoid substantial damages to the economy, environment, and human health over the coming decades. It states. And without substantial and sustained sustained global efforts, climate change will cause growing losses to American infrastructure and property and impede the rate of economic growth over this century, which you'd think would appeal to because the whole like you think I assume that most climate deniers are mostly about keeping regulation from limiting business. Right. Right. They think if we admit this is happening, then we're going to hobble ourselves and other countries are going to beat us. But like, no, if we don't, we also have huge economic losses. Um, the U.S. gross domestic product could be reduced by 10% or more under some scenarios, with annual losses in some economic sectors reaching, reaching hundreds of billions of dollars by the end of the century, which is more than the current GDP of many U.S. states. Yeah, that's a lot. Not to mention thousands of deaths. And yeah, and in some ways it's already too late, but um, I guess it's good to signal boost this story whenever you can to people who still need convincing in the hopes that someone decides this is worth focusing efforts on. Yeah. I, <laughs> is it too it, depressing? This will be the thing that breaks through to them. Yeah, finally. There was a podcast <laughs> in West Hollywood, hey California. guys, have you heard the uh, Probably Science podcast? <laughs> They're saying the climate, not so good. <laughs> Head in a bad direction, according to two comedians. Yeah, I think also, I don't think it's going to get through to the people that, the the whole like by the end of the century part of it is where they're just going to be like, yeah. uh, I mean, and when I say they, I mean like the, the wealthy people that haven't, you know, uh, a reason to keep climate, um, climate science denial alive. Well, you'd think that there's, I mean, I would assume some people who aren't worried just think that it will reach some point where it will become economically... Like I assume that there are free market people who are like, the market will figure this out because mm-hmm. there will be an incentive to the person who can solve this problem. Like they will, they will be, they'll be rewarded financially, which will mean people will dedicate themselves to it. Um, but I just don't know if it's going to be so... Like what would, the, what would the actual acute thing have to be to make everyone go, oh shit, if it's not like the worst hurricanes every year and and wildfires maybe that's not even related but like you know what would the thing have to be that would suddenly make everyone redirect efforts and and financial resources to this problem i can't even picture what that would be i can't picture it either because i was about to say well miami's going to be underwater but i can imagine the rest of the country being like yeah miami who cares it's there's not going to be one thing so i don't know when it would start yeah i think that's the problem with a lot of things in politics where you are like uh, where but I'm saying not even politics. Forget politics. Or history. When, or a- when, would the, when would the market, when would the private sector decide, oh, these things are worth doing because I, there's a need for them and I'll get compensated for fixing them, you know? Well, I think the truth is they, they know that anyway. Like, they, like Exxon had scientists for a long time 
publishing reports that were for internal eyes only that um, predicted things like rising sea levels and worked out like, here's what we need to do. We need to build our oil platforms higher in the oceans mm-hmm. because sea levels are going <laughs> to rise. Like, this is true. This is documented. And, but there are, you know, if you are aware of this thing happening, you can actually make more money. Like you can end up being the people who, oh, this thing's going to happen. We can get ahead of the curve. We can bet on the futures market in a certain way. You know, they can do shit to actually... Oh, you don't mean make money by solving it. You mean profit no, I mean, not I mean, being solved. Well, both. Make oh. money from... Yeah, sorry. not Make money from finding workarounds rather than from solving it. But also, I think, also solving it. They all, Companies are also very good at causing a problem and selling the solution. You know, see tobacco companies that now have moved into nicotine replacement products and vaping is that even a solution (laughs) you know vaping the great solution (laughs) to an extent but yeah you're right that's a fair point but so glad so glad my kids are healthy again they're just vaping (laughs) our life coach says they should be vaping always yeah how does the life coach feel about the vaping? anti-baby he's also a yoga teacher too so he's like super into um health aren't there any yoga enthusiasts who vape i feel like that isn't there are plenty of them i'm sure but um yeah it's also weird how there are some activities that have like histories of, well, I mean, it's weird that they're like baseball has chewing tobacco, you know, but also yeah. rock climbing, I think has a lot of, there's a lot of smoking and rock climbing that go together for really? some reason. I don't know if it has to do with like That's European crazy. roots to the sport, but like it's a very strenuous physical activity, but like. Fuck yeah. I mean, I've never, I say fuck yeah. I've never even, oh, sorry. I'm not no, supposed to swear. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't imagine. I've never gone rock climbing, but I mean, yeah, use you. Your they're lungs, all smokers. baby. They're yeah. all smokers. It's a very strange thing. That yeah. is odd. I don't know if there are French roots to uh, rock climbing. Oh. Because the French are all smokers. We can say that, right? That's not too... Uh, <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> yeah, they start them young. Yeah. You know, when they're children, they dilute their cigarettes with a bit of water. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have half cigarette, half water. They're just sensualists, you know, <laughs> all the pleasures in life. And it's then, like when they give the babies, like, they have, like, little drawn-on mustaches until they can get their own, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, they work their way up. Can't just go straight to having a mustache as a baby. That would look ridiculous. <laughs> you draw it on first. Uh, really? Yeah, so world, world's burning. Very sad. All bad. Yeah, we don't have to dwell on it anymore. We don't. Do you want to hear about a Siberian unicorn that walked Earth with humans? Thank you. Yes, yes, real science. I don't know if it's really a unicorn. It's more of a sort of big rhino that might have been the origin of the unicorn myth, however. Oh. I thought rhinos in general were, were assumed to be. Yeah, and also just... Does it have to be... Can't you just sort of... Invent, invent unicorns? Yeah, you go like, okay, we've got horses. We know of the horn. <laughs> Put that on that. And then don't call it a unicorn. Right. <laughs> call it a unicorn for some reason. Because there are other mythical creatures that don't need to have a real world analogy to be able to go like and that's the origin you know the 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 centaur go like okay yeah i don't even understand what this article is saying so they're saying that a uh, a rhinoceros in siberia is an actual so okay. here we go oh, here we i go. think they've discovered this animal but oh okay but a giant what they or rather but what it's they've not dis- clickbaity enough so they put in the word unicorn yeah what okay. they've discovered is that it overlapped with humans which was not previously known a giant rhino that may be in the origin of the unicorn myth survived until at least thirty nine thousand years ago much longer than previously thought known as the siberian unicorn the animal had a long horn on its nose and roamed the grasslands of eurasia if this drawing can be trusted, that's, that's a damn impressive horn. Yeah. And he's not, and he's furry, unlike other rhinos. So closer to uh, what you picture for this you. This unicorn is hung, <laughs> horn-wise. Steve, do you want to guess what might have caused the hefty beast to die out, according to this BBC article? Yeah, I do want to guess. Um, okay, Siberia. Um, I think hmm. personality traits for unicorns. Per, uh, what personality traits what, not what to led give it to their, too much they're gregarious they were too trusting they were mauled by humans it's not that turns out they were picky eaters <laughs> <laughs> it sort That's, of tracks to me right yeah so look out vegans yeah well, look out kids who refuse vegetables you could go the way of the unicorn or you could grow a horn I don't know which one will happen Scientists say knowing more about the animal's extinction could help save the remaining rhinos on the planet. Rhinos are in particular danger of extinction because they are very picky about their habitat, says Professor Adrian Lister of the National History Museum, Natural History Museum, rather, in London. Great museum. This is really victim blaming. 
Yeah, right. Any change in their environment is a danger for them. And, of course, what we've also learned from the fossil records is that once a species is gone, that's it. It's gone for good. Do we need the fossil record to know that? that? Or just just from the definition of the word extinction. extinction. (laughs) You can't conjure an animal. Listen up, dipshits. Here's what extinction means. (laughs) We know from the fossil record that once you've eaten dinner, you no longer have dinner. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Weighing in at a mighty four tons with an extraordinary single horn on its head, the, quote, Siberian unicorn shared the earth with early modern humans up until at least 39,000 years ago. The rhino, known Latinately as Elasmotherium sibericum, was thought to have become extinct between 200,000 and 100,000 years ago. By radiocarbon dating a total of 23 specimens, researchers found the Ice Age giant, in fact, survived in Eastern Europe and Central Asia until 39,000 years ago. So, uh, yeah, that's substantially more recent than previously thought. They also isolated DNA from the ancient rhino for the first time, showing it split from the modern group of rhinos around 40 million years ago. The extinction of the Siberian unicorn marks the end point of an entire group of rhinos. They, they also looked at the teeth, confirming that they grazed on tough, dry grasses. Here we go again. Professor Lister with another bizarre analogy. <laughs> he says, It was walking along like a kind of prehistoric lawnmower, really. It's just grazing along the ground. How is that different from how other animals eat grass? Shut up, Andy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> These are two things you've learned. Yes. The only prehistoric lawnmower was this rhino. Mm-hmm. And once an animal is extinct, we now know that it's gone. Well, thanks to the fossil record. Thanks to the fossil record. The rhino's specialized diet may have also been its downfall. As the earth warmed up and started to emerge from the Ice Age around 40,000 years ago, grasslands started to shrink, likely pushing the animal to extinction. Hundreds of large mammal species disappeared after the Ice Age due to climate change, loss of vegetation, and human hunting. Hmm. Today, there are just five remaining rhino species. Few survive outside national parks and reserves due to persistent poaching and habitat loss over many decades. By studying the fossilized rhino, scientists can learn more about the fate of the many prehistoric rhino species that once roamed the planet and how they adapted to climate change and human pressures. So, there's a little sub-article, a little suffix on this article that says, Where do unicorn myths come from? Legends of the unicorn or a beast with a single horn have been around for millennia. Some have argued that the horn of the rhino might have been the basis of myths about unicorns, although other animals such as the tusked narwhal are more likely contenders. Oh. Or and again, wait, the tusked narwhal still exists. I forgot. It does. Yes. Okay. So we've got we've got a couple unicornish animals still around today. We have animals that if they didn't exist and someone drew them, you would say that's a fantastical beast. Yeah, there are there's some. They're unicorn edge. A few of yeah. these animals. There are some weird ass things. There's a platypus, obviously. You know how, how else you could find out more about uh, strange things from the animal kingdom, Matt? <laughs> God, I don't know. I mean, it, it would be really handy if there was some kind of podcast that if, combined science and comedy that if wasn't ours. Only, if only there. That were our listeners might really enjoy. A stuff. podcast, like particularly a new podcast, really, because I think this is sort of deserves its own format, especially one from the How Stuff Works network. God, that's a good network, that those people. That would be people. a good idea if someone would have put out <laughs> a new They'd be show. exactly the kind of people you'd hope to put out that kind of network. Wor- how Stuff Works Network, and you perhaps... Know what, you know what I'd do if I were them? What would you call it? I'd, well, I don't know. What, what, I would, what I would do if I were them, maybe, is, is advertise it on our show. It's not a bad idea. And I would call that show Creature Feature. Would you really? Yes. Ooh. That's a great name. Creature Feature is sponsoring this episode. It they- rhymes, and it also tells you approximately what's in the show. That's true. It's about creatures. It features creatures. Oh. Creature Feature is a new comedy educational podcast from How Stuff Works. It's hosted by Katie Golden, former writer from Cracked, who studied evolutionary biology at Harvard, and she uh, tweets as a bird on Twitter. Each episode, Katie takes a different guest comedian through some downright freaky evolutionary oddities. Uh, check it out. Listeners are taking on an expedition through the bizarre world of human and animal behaviors. Though it may be hard to admit, we'll discover how eerily similar we are to our untamed animal cousins. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Creature feature. She has comedians on and uh, asks them to shrink down and get inside the minds of animals. Asking... Uh, Things such as, uh, what will be the fate of a mouse who falls in love with a cat? <laughs> Which has happened. Uh, what, would like to, what, would like, what would it be like to be the brainwashed victim of a parasitic wasp or a penguin who turns to a life of crime? The uh, podcast comes out every Wednesday, and she introduces her, introduces her listeners to a cast of freaky creatures telling ter- tales of terror, love, trickery, 
predation and death defying stunts listeners this is the kind of thing you like you know you do check it out yes it's on apple podcasts or the iHeartRadio app wherever you get your podcasts check out creature feature any of those places are we on all those places uh i don't know if we're on iHeartRadio. is that a thing you have to opt into i don't know listeners if any of you listen to us through iHeartRadio, let us know and if not if you want to also let us know and work out how to do that are you guys no. on Spotify? I know we're on Spotify now. Nice. I'm pretty sure we are, right? Did There's we an... do something to get on there? I think so. Oh, that reminds me. We are now part of the Podcast Genome Project on Pandora, which was recently launched in a, sort of a similar vein to how Pandora was launched music-wise to like recommend similar music to what you already like. I didn't know this is a thing. Oh, yeah. I should have emailed this to you. Sorry. Uh, it was in beta for a little bit, and it was just rolled out. So, uh, yes, now you can um, go to Pandora. It's similar to, yeah, like they're... That's Music nice. Genome Project. Um, that sounds gosh darn great, Andy Wood. Doesn't it? It answers the question, is there a podcast that's right for me and what should I listen to next? It evaluates content based on more than 1,500 attributes and uh, listener signals, including thumbs, skips, and replays. It also utilizes machine learning algorithms, natural language processing. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. So uh, I believe... So you, you could just, help us out by listening to very famous, successful podcasts and then and immediately afterwards listening to us. Does that, <laughs> yes, that work? Can you game the system? That seems like it would work. I know yeah. we have listeners who know these kind of things. You've got mathematicians and computer scientists who listen to us. What If there is a way to game this, if we can fuck over the Pandora algorithm and <laughs> blow up on this platform, let us know. But don't let Pandora know. Pandora, don't listen to this. Yes. Don't have listened to this. I'm curious now. I'm, I'm going to Pandora.com to see what happens when I just type in probably science. Is it going to work, Andy? This is exciting. Oh, wait. Maybe it's different for music than it is for podcasts. Uh, I don't know. Listeners, you can figure it out better than I can. Listeners. (laughs) Maybe I just have to log in. This is exactly the kind of thing you're good at. Yes. You are scientists and non-scientists alike. Someone someone can work this out. Yes. Listen to your your big podcast and then put this next and then you'll get the referrals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or vice versa. I don't know. I don't know if that works at all. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. Here's another sort of natural world story. Go for it. It's a little lighter. But it starts off with a (laughs) sentence that I fucking hate. Oh, good God. I'm going to read it, Andy. I'm going to read this first line. Can you see it? Is it open in front of you? It's the salmon one. Oh, no. Okay. I am now looking at it. The headline of the whole article is Tossing Dead Salmon is Good for Plants. Okay. (laughs) Here is the first line of this. And I don't even know if this refers to a nursery rhyme that Americans even know. Nope, never heard this, but I can figure out from context that it is a nursery rhyme. Never mind silver bells and cockle shells. Mary should have tossed dead fish to help her garden grow. Fuck you, article. Steve, do you know what that nursery rhyme would be? Mary had a little lamb. Oh, is it? Does she toss cockle shells? I've never heard of cockle shells. I haven't either. What, it, is, the, what is the rhyme, Matt? Do you know it? It is... Uh, is it from no it's Mary Mary quite contrary oh okay oh. I've heard that. I don't know all the, it's like it's like a lost verse like when you find out that Mary. Cheers theme yeah. has extra lines about <laughs> your girlfriend wants to be a man no stuff. it's in the first verse oh, okay Mary Mary quite contrary how does your garden grow with silver bells and cockle shells and is it pretty maids all in a row I think that's it I didn't know that okay Mary Mary why are you bugging yeah <laughs> <laughs> why are you throwing dead salmon at the plants at my house plants is it it is going to be one of those ones where I, I'm going to read an article about it and find out that it's about something horrible. Yeah. It's, oh, the, the plague or something. Well, that's not true, though, about how the... Ring of Ring Roses is not no, look about the plague? That's, no, that's like a... Is that the case? Misnomer? Mis- huh. uh, uh, urban legend, I guess? Yeah. Not, not true. Really? I'm pretty sure that's come up before. All right. Blow my mind, Andy. You I mean, just- prove me wrong. I don't know. That is cool. I did like finding that when I hosted trivia and like Reese, I did like finding out what the common mis there. There's like sort of this tier of uh, things like the this plague, the children's thing, uh-huh. um, about where it seems like the something can be so widespread. This misinformation can be so widespread, but that has some veneer of being historical or intellectual yeah, or whatever. Sounds smarter to uh- um, it. It was cool finding out like who actually like what certain quotes. Uh, a lot of quotes are misattributed, like um, Gandhi never said, be the change you want to see in the world, um, even though that gets attributed attributed even, to him very often. I don't even know if I have If you can't handle me at my... <laughs> <if I ask laughs> Marilyn Monroe never said that. Of at my worst, yeah. 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 
Um, and honestly, like the, you don't even need to get into like the <laughs> the semantics of whether or not she said that because that's like dating profile wisdom. And Marilyn Monroe, the best, like the best interpretation of her life is she fucked JFK and his brother. And then OD'd maybe accidentally or was murdered. I mean, it's not like, oh, that's an inspiring love story. Oh, oh yeah. And I'm going to like, yeah, <laughs> use her wisdom. And, I don't you know. know she boned it... two Kennedys. That's pretty good going. You know, How many I Kennedys don't think have it's... you boned, Steve? That's true. I haven't, you know, JFK <laughs> you, Jr. in the summer from, of 97. And, uh, from TV or... <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. one. The Fox. <laughs> <laughs> the one who's now a climate denier? I think. Well, she Kennedy was always, from MTV. Yeah, she was. She was always the, the sole right wing oh, member. Well, Kennedy, but one of the one of the actual Kennedy family is now a climate denier. Oh no, he's a vaccine denier. He's a. Oh, see, that's that's different. That's another end. That's the other end of the spectrum politically. But then there's also a Shrek writer who just had to publicly apologize for using the N word in a tweet about anti-vaxxers. There's a who writer? Yeah, I know it's just so convoluted. One of a the writer guys for Shrek. Oh, sorry, you know yeah, this is he basically he he is an anti-vaxxer and he described the persecution that anti-vaxxers face. Uh-oh. In racial terms, he said when you call someone anti-vax, oh, it's like calling them. And he didn't say N W O R D. He said and I. He tweeted that word, but then he had to instantly like delete that and then be like, I would never condone. I was saying it as an example. And by the and way, then, he apologized for the use of the word, not for every other bit of that like right, he message. Wasn't saying that the vax thing is dangerous or that Shrek is good, he was uh, saying that- it's not like I'm. I I can only apologize for spreading wrong and dangerous health advice. It yeah. was just like, hey, I probably should have asterisked out the racial slur <laughs> it's, it's so weird there's someone i know i've known him for a long time and he's an anti-vax and i found out because i like retweeted something julie klausner said about you know and then he just uh, it was she made fun of like when sherry shepherd uh something involving sherry shepherd and uh when jenny mccarthy both left the view and you know julie klausner said what a great day for people that believe the earth is round and oh, i forgot uh, what sherry shepherd was like i don't know i'm not a scientist yeah like what oh <laughs> I, yeah that was fascinating too because she had to like play i saw the clip on uh youtube because i was um she was trying to like play intellectually in a way like you know i've never thought about it it's like well i haven't about thought about it much I, yeah exactly yeah, i don't have to think about it i've been in a plane and i'm just so what that blows my mind that she like got i mean could you imagine like every time sherry shepherd saw a globe she was like that's weird i keep seeing that round world art everywhere <laughs> who's the artist why is that a thing um but anyway yeah so i uh, i it's weird to find out that someone you know and think is cool is a uh, an anti-vaxxer and he got really upset with me um so Oh well. Is it a person I would know? I'm not. I don't expect. No, it's not. No, no, no. Uh, This was. We started this because we were curious about the uh, plague thing. Did you bring up Ring Around the Rosie on? No, hang on. While you look up that one, I can tell you that the origins of Mary Mary quite contrary, according to the least rhymes.org.uk, which may be bullshit, may be apocryphal. Should we guess? Go on, guess. Is it racist? No, it's not racist. But well, actually, you know what? There is. (laughs) Everything's racist. (laughs) There's problematic stuff involved. It's. It relates to the Mary in question is supposedly Mary Queen of Scots. Uh, sorry, wait a second. Mary Tudor is hang on. Is Mary Tudor the same as Mary Queen of Scots, or is that a different? No, wait, wait, wait. that's different. Oh fuck, I'm bad on British history. <laughs> history is my. Wait, I thought you were going to be my British expert when we form an only connect team. Yeah, not that's a different Mary from Mary Queen of Scots. Sorry, that's Mary Tudor, who's also known as Bloody Mary. You know Paddington, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Personally. Cool. <laughs> All right. Is he a douche? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty cool, but oh, okay. it's the, after the second film, it kind of went to his head a bit. Yeah, yeah. I lived near the Paddington Tube Station in London for four months. It was adorable. Yeah, is there like nothing little, but bears everywhere? Is there a monument to him or anything? No, there's not. Really? I no. thought there is. I, I did. There, there may there may be, but there. I never saw one at the uh, at the station. Was the book bigger in the U.S. than in England? No, it was big in the U.K. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even know, you know what I didn't even know that it was necessarily big in the U.S. No, oh, I thought maybe it was a thing that like. I forgot the details of it. I thought maybe it was like an American family traveling, found him at the Paddington Station and brought him back to America or something. But maybe it was all in England. No, it was it was all set in England. Oh. But great yeah, film. Yeah, I loved it. I loved that as a kid. Both, and, film, and both films. Oh, yeah, the book's great, but also both films. Excellent films. Mm-hmm. We'll have to check them out. Have you not seen either of them? I have not. I highly recommend them. They right, hold cool. up just for adult viewing. It's all full of... The director and co-writer was... Directed Mighty Boosh and a whole load of other British comedy. Okay. And so the cast is in t- is full, and his co-writer is also a British sketch comedian and comedy actor. And the cast is full of, particularly the supporting roles. It's all oh, I'd be into it. British then. sketch comics. Yeah, you can like a varying level of fame, but you can sort of I 
knew a remarkable number of the cast, and they're all great British sketch comics. Okay, cool. So it's genuinely funny and really well done. Oh, awesome. Recommend it. Here we go. Paddington Bear Statue in central London. Oh, cool. Here, uh, it is... There it is. Oh, and it's at the tap Paddington Tube Station. Yep. Oh. Uh, but It's a big station. It is a big station. So... According to this article that may be bullshit while you look up the other sure, Mary sure. Uh, Mary Tudor, daughter of King Henry VIII, Queen Mary is she th- no, she's definitely a different Mary to Mary Queen of Scots. Queen Mary was a st- now I'm now I'm second guessing myself. No, it must be. Yeah, because it's the daughter of a different Henry. You're from uh, Cleveland, aren't you? Good God. <laughs> Queen Mary was a staunch Catholic and the garden referred to is an allusion to graveyards which are increasing in size with those who continue to adhere to the Protestant faith, the Protestant marches, martyrs. Oh. The instruments of the silver bells and cockle shells were colloquialisms for instruments of tor- torture. No. The silver bells were thumbscrews and the cockle shells were believed to be attached to the genitals. No. Cockle shells. Yep. On a Google image. The maids or maiden. Oh, I'm afraid. <laughs> the pretty maids in a row was the guillotine. And this is a reputable source you found? Uh, no, it's it's rhymes. rhymes.org.uk. So it could <laughs> it could be bullshit. Well, uh, the source on all rhymes. I'm going to trust Wikipedia because I'm too lazy to click through to all of its sources and decide if this has been recently edited by someone who has an agenda. But I don't think it has been. And when I say that the folklorists don't agree that Ring Around the Rosie is about the plague, and uh, they regard that theory as baseless for several reasons, one being the plague explanation did not appear until the mid-20th century. Uh, the symptoms described do not fit especially well with the Great Plague. The great variety of forms makes it unlikely that the modern form is the most ancient one, and the words on which the interpretation are based are not found in many of the earliest rec- earliest records of the rhyme. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, I, okay, it is a different Mary. I was right. I'm not going mad. Mary, Queen of Scots, Scots is Mary Stuart, as opposed to Mary Tudor, who is Mary... And Mary Queen of Scots is the daughter of King James V. Ah. It says in this article, the only surviving legitimate child of King James V. But that's definitely not true because she died years ago. I think you've redeemed yourself in terms of British knowledge. Thank you. I would say you know more than I do. Yeah. If that counts for anything. I doubt it. More than me, and that also counts for nothing. <laughs> More God. than both of us. You're better than two Americans. I thought I was good on... But I do know that Ameri- the Bayswater and Queensway tube stations were just really handy, and they were... <laughs> yeah. Nearby. Yeah. I thought... The what? The Queenswater and... Uh, Queenswater... Queensway, Queensway and, and Bayswater. Yeah. I'm just naming... I'm just... Fa- <laughs> name checking. Bayswater? Uh, these are tube stations. The, no, yeah. this is a station, not a... Wa- yeah. I think it was something water-related. Okay. But uh, I, I did... Badly on very simple American trivia at a Trivial Pursuit game a couple of days ago. What kind of What questions? was your question? And it, and it was that sort of Trivial Pursuit game that is from the 80s, so some of the questions oh, yeah. were absolutely impossible. It's like, yeah. who, was on tele- who was in the star of this <laughs> television show that you've never heard of that was in America before you were born? But Stephanie Zimbalist, okay? I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Christine Ebersole. I very embarrassingly couldn't remember either the name of the theater that Lincoln was shot in I actually don't know that. Ford's Theater. There you go. And the capital city of Montana. Helena. Yep. Where were you, Andy, when you could have been on my team? Wait, who was playing 80s Trivial Pursuit with you? We are playing it back in Denver. We were, oh, I was nice. back in Denver with my girlfriend's family. It was just it, dusty on a shelf. Because everyone, has, everyone well, has the... No one, we had that, no yeah, one has whatever. a new game of Trivial Pursuit. No, Trivial Pursuit true. is handed down like the family china. <laughs> I think I have actually that same era one in my... Yeah, I'm sure you closet. do. I've never, I've never in my life played a game of Trivial Pursuit that isn't That's massively current. skewed towards my parents' generation. Like, you play it with the family <laughs> and they're all looking at you like, how can you not know this? He it was really... the middleweight boxer for half a year in, <laughs> from 1983 to 1983 and a half. <laughs> how, did you, how did you get into uh, trivia, Steve? Um, I answered a Craigslist ad. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I totally... Uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, and I just decided to do it and kept doing it. They paid me, and uh, there you go. Um, but I... It made me a better stand-up comic, and I think it was good just to be... Um, I liked combining lowbrow and highbrow. Not highbrow, per se, but, like, giving, every, giving like the idiot on your team who just watches Bravo, like, giving them a moment to shine, and then, like, right, go, right. Go, having science questions or history questions or whatever. That That is always good. There's always... 
when people and when I say the idiot who watches Bravo I mean myself right, right. but like we we play trivia quite a lot and sometimes friends of ours who aren't as keen players will join us and sometimes they're like oh I don't know anything and you go you are quite possibly going to be the ringer in this game because if you know the one thing the other nerdy teams don't know yeah. you're going to put us over the edge Andy yeah. and I overlap on a lot of things mm-hmm. and you know I think we make a really relatively good but we know nothing the, about sports yeah. we know nothing <laughs> and very little about so we, I've got huge pop culture holes in my knowledge Yeah, and it's very useful to have someone who really knows their pop music or yeah. knows their daytime tv or anything mm-hmm. like that yeah yeah and i had like regional categories like the, i would just do the midwest and like that would be you know the person from omaha would be like all happy about being able to finally contribute or you know whatever it's also cool you're actually writing your own because now i don't know if listeners have this in whatever cities they're scattered off to but uh la has been taken over by these like franchises of trivia there's yeah. very few places where there's just someone a person who loves it who works for the bar and writes questions every week it's usually King trivia, geeks who drink, yeah. action trivia. It was fun too, and I I do miss. Um, I used to commandeer the music, so it was fun. Like I would, you know, read the questions, then give the category, and then give the team some time to, you know, um, uh, debate and then hand in their answers. But I did like having like some sort of uh, correlation between the music I would play and what the category was. Sometimes it's oh, impossible, okay. but like if there was, I mean, I had a category of LA in the '80s, and. Um, I think I had a question about Duran Duran's album cover, which artist. It's Patrick Nagel did this oh, uh, right, iconic. Right. Yeah. So just playing like girls on film or whatever it was during the. It was fun. I had a good time doing that. Um, so a team of a team of U.S. researchers has found that sockeye salmon carcasses has helped boost tree growth by up to 20 percent. And this was connected to the. Oof. Uh, Never mind silver bells and cockle shells. Right, yes. Avoid that forest. It's not going to smell good. Assuming that thing, by the way, that article is correct about the origins of that nursery rhyme, then that is like, never mind thumb screws and nut crushers. (laughs) (laughs) Mary should have tossed dead fish to help her garden grow rather than these instruments of genital torture. Right. A team of US researchers has found that sockeye salmon carcasses has helped boost tree growth by up to 20%. Over a 20-year period, students from the University of Washington, 20 years, tossed dead fish from a stream onto a riverbank. The data shows the nutrients from the rotting flesh boosted growth in the area's trees. What did the scientists do, asked this mini-headline in the middle of the article, (laughs) and not why were they doing it. For two decades, students taking part in a long-term study on who, what was eating sockeye salmon in a stream in Alaska have been tossing fish carcasses onto one riverbank in order to avoid double-counting them during surveys. Mm. We'd find carcasses on both sides of the stream, explained Professor Tom Quinn, who supervised it, but we always toss the carcasses on one side of the stream so effectively, we were reducing the density of carcasses on one side and increasing it on the other. It was something of a natural fertilization experiment. <laughs> Interesting. What did they find? After taking samples from the surrounding trees of Hanson Creek, the scientists found that fish carcasses, almost 300 tons over the 20 years, Whoa. had affected the growth rate of the trees. We took cores from live trees that we estimated to be at least 40 years old, observed Professor Quinn. We saw that the effect of the carcass mo- manipulation was to accelerate the growth on that side. There was a significant increase in the growth of the trees on the side that we fertilized relative to how well they've been doing prior to the experiment. Interesting. Why does it matter? Well, professors... I like actually this. say, why does it matter? It genuinely it has like That's a amazing. who, what, where, why mini headlines. <laughs> article has like an existential breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> what does it all mean? Why would you... Guys, why would you do that? (laughs) Professor Quinn says that the study highlighted the importance of long-term studies when observing ecological changes or influences because changes such as dead fish fertilizing soil would not be detected in shorter studies. So if you're if you're inclined to stop your study after one, five, or ten years, then what are don't you? Keep Fucking doing it for pussy. ten more years at least. Yeah, dumb fuck. Don't give up. That's what it says in this BBC article. Stupid shit. I love that this... Uh, why does the BBC suggest that article on the right just says, actor Robert De Niro dines in Halifax restaurant? <laughs> I saw Slow that. News Science, Day, baby. BBC. Science. I was, was going to mention that. I mean, why would that be anybody's article? I, why would that be anybody's article? I mean, to be fair, Halifax is... It's a smallish town, I guess. It's a smallish right? town that's out of the way. Wait, is Halifax in the UK? No, Nova uh, yeah. Scotia. Oh, no. oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, it it's... Was- it's Halifax. I've been to the one in Nova Scotia. This is BBC. It's Halifax, north of England. Oh, okay. I assumed he was in Nova Scotia. So why is the BBC covering Canadian The international tourism? beat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Our Commonwealth. What's going on at the restaurants in our Commonwealth? It's, it's just outside of Leeds, by the way, Halifax. Okay. It's, 
like, this article is written as well. <laughs> Actor Robert De Niro <laughs> swapped Hollywood for Halifax when he died at, at an Italian in the West Yorkshire mill town. <laughs> Is that how you guys call you would call it an Italian? An Italian. I mean, I would have put the word restaurant in there if I was a BBC news writer. It almost seems like variety <laughs> speak or something. It let's does, face. Yeah. He lends the new laugher. Yeah. <laughs> there is a. <laughs> is that variety? Who does that? Is that... Uh, yeah, it's variety. Yeah. Well, BBC. Ta- sorry, British tabloids. The more tabloidy it is, the more they have to find synonyms. Right, like right. they won't use the same word twice. So if, if they're writing about a comedian, it'll be like comedian such and such has done this and then the first line of the paragraph will be like funny man will be f- funny man and then jokester and then gagsmith like they, they have gag to have <laughs> they they really have their thesaurus which out is like I the- get the I get the desire to not use the same word it is good writing to avoid using the same yeah. word a bunch of times in succession but like eventually you can go back to in the news it's word. yeah you have to every single time oh good god by the way, this article for starters is is just there is nothing more to the news story than literally a famous actor ate, ate in a restaurant, restaurant. <laughs> had was doing something in a museum nearby and therefore needed food, and uh, but it, it oh good god, there's a there's a hor- <laughs> I see if you can even guess this pun. There is a horrendous pun that refers to refers to the check. The amount that he had to pay. Oh, I haven't looked at. Um, okay, what's okay? Can you? Yeah, get, I'm trying to think. Taxi driver, raging bull, meet the parents, uh, Goodfellas. Uh, um, okay, wait. Is it, it's about the check? They're saying. Yeah, but it's also British vernacular. We don't tend to say check. Till. Oh, you guys call it a. And you've already gone over the film. You've already said it. I'm gonna put you out of your misery. You talking to you checking at me. <laughs> Here we are. It's uh it's not clear whether De Niro's party was landed with a raging bill at the end. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> it's just anger inducing. Oh boy. This article also just tells you what they ate. Is nothing happening in England? What, what how? have they run out of? I mean, yeah, quite a lot amazing. is happening right now. Yeah. You know, the country is in the process of maybe collapsing in on itself. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, the, this, the story after that is about that. This, this is the lead, and then it's a Brexit story. Oh, it also says, this is the second visit to Yorkshire from a Hollywood star this month. Ooh. After ex-wrestler Dwayne The Rock Johnson yes. worked out at a gym in Doncaster last week. Also, why is, does he still have to be known as ex-wrestler and not just mega the Rock. movie star? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I don't... <laughs> it does still say, whenever it mentions him, like, former wrestler yeah. and also... The most bankable box office right. star of the last five years. Yeah, right. Easily, he's got to be the biggest movie star now, right now. I, I think I heard Probably. Mark Wahlberg is. Oh, uh, you might be right. Ooh. I don't know if it's that his movies gross the most or he's paid the most. But even uh, still, he's definitely known by most people now for being in every big blockbuster yeah. Hollywood film, rather than just reference. Hey, you know the guy who was the wrestling champion what, ten yeah. years ago? I mean, Working? I think what my parents know who The Rock is, and they're not like wrestling people, so right. it's. Yeah, it's not like you're asking your parents to know to recognize Triple yeah. H in public or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's the he's the the tooth fairy or whatever. Yeah, that that's the, what he's was, known and for. that was the BBC website where that that was the BBC. God, that's BBC a clickbait, that's astonishing. bullshit article. <laughs> Sorry to do a non-science thing, but I just couldn't not click on that. <laughs> no, it was. I, yeah, it's, it's like reasonable. potato chip looks like Prince Harry. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> fine. Hey, you know what else is showing up in unexpected places? What's that? Kind donations from our listeners. We still have the PayPal link up on probablyscience.com and a few of you still, or many of you still use that. So thank you for the monthly donations. Very kind of you all, everyone from uh, Leanne Mazia, Emma Wilton, Jake Swenson, William Bagley, Robert Condon, Trevor Hubbard, Lindsay Bacon, Oliver Force, John Clarici, Mark Williams, and also one-off donation from Elizabeth Powell. Very kind of you, all of you. We also have our new Patreon. We have so many. Um, so many people leapt over to Patreon. And and again, yeah, if you want to donate through pay- PayPal or Patreon, whichever one, we appreciate it. But uh, those of you who are joining our $5 a month and up tier, the definitely bonus tier, will be getting some bonus content very soon. Um, and since we just launched this, we have a bunch of people. I'm not sure if we should go through. Let's just dig into it. Sure. We have Judy Walrath, uh, cost.hu. We have a URL. It's subscribed. Uh, Peter Lipschey, Daniel Gunn. Jen, Russell Porter, Mike, Simon, uh, Data Tyrant Z. I'm not seeing the full name. 
Kyle S., Sebastian Koch, or Koch, uh, Jeff Reeder, Stu Holding, Justin Turner, Christopher L. Sometimes he, it doesn't show the. Oh, Louder. Christopher Louder, Christy So, Gavin, Jason Shoemaker, Anthony Ligori, Ian Walker, Michael Terry, Austin Walsworth, Gus, parentheses, Russell McNall, Vikram Bhatt, David Smith, Alexander Duenas, LAM, Keith and Loretta, Stephen Edmonds, David of Flixton, John Jorgerst, and we have uh, many more $1 donors. Thank you guys all for signing up. We appreciate that. Yeah, that's very cool of all of you. And you can head to patreon.com slash probablyscience to sign up and then to see yep. things that are behind that paywall once we put them up. So. Some of those names I recognize, people who jumped over from PayPal, and some of those are new names as well. So thank you in either case. That is awesome. Yes. Uh, do we have one story, a quickie, that we can squeeze out? Let's see if I can squeeze out a quickie real quick. Uh, do you want to talk about how birth canals are different all over the world? Fuck yeah, see I do. see if that's not problematic. Do I? <laughs> I clicked on this because I was like, that couldn't be like saying what I now, think Now, is the birth canal uh, an alley outside of a, uh, a hospital? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's I heard you guys say this earlier. That is interesting that they are different around the world. Um, yes, which is countering a long-held evolutionary theory. Uh, the shape of a mother's birth canal is a tug of war between two opposing evolutionary forces. It needs to be wide enough to allow our big-brained babies to pass through, yet narrow enough to allow women to walk efficiently. At least that's been the common thinking, but a new study reveals birth canals come in a variety of shapes in women around the world. The idea that women's pelvises have been shaped by an evolutionary compromise, also known as the obstetrical dilemma, it's the first time I've heard that, I think, has been influential in anthropology, says Jonathan Wells, an expert in human evolution at University College London who was not involved with the work. But recent studies have challenged it, and the new findings add to that research, he says. If the obstetric dilemma held true, one would expect birth canals around the world would be relatively standardized, Wells said. But that's not what researchers found. Leah Betty, a biological anthropologist at University of Roehampton in London, and evolutionary ecologist Andrea Manica of the University of Cambridge in the UK, measured the pelvises of 348 female human, human skeletons from 24 different parts of the world. The birth canals were far from carbon copies of each other. Those of women from sub-Saharan Africa and some Asian populations were overall narrow from side to side and deep from front to back, whereas Native American women had wider canals. Native Americans and Europeans also had the most oval-shaped upper canals, I mean, every part of this sounds like the beginning of a racist joke. I mean, that's the thing. That's every why single like, part really of this just sounds like... Uh, but, uh, you know, it gets... Uh, there are reasons here. Uh, Betty and Medica also found that there was less variability in birth canal shape in populations farther from Africa, such as Native Americans. That pattern has been seen in other traits and is thought to simply reflect lower variability in genes and traits among the relatively small bands of people who moved out of Africa to populate the world. Overall, the analysis suggests a population may have ended up with a particular birth canal shape simply by chance, and not because of any sort of selective pressure. Oh, wait, I read a partly. Oh, okay. Temperature could also be a factor. That's what I was reading before. Uh, colder climates favor wider bodies, which are better at holding in heat, and this could have an impact on birth canal shape. But the pelvic data only weakly followed that trend. Wells argues that other environmental factors may play a role and should still be explored. The work could also improve practices surrounding childbirth, Betty says. For example, a fetus must rotate to negotiate the twisting passage of the birth canal during labor, and these movements may vary depending on the shape of the birth canal. Betty says midwives she's talked to are all well aware that women from different parts of the world have marked differences in labor, though it's not part of their formal training. And the new findings suggest that if a baby's movements differ from what's considered normal for a particular region, she says it's not necessarily cause for concern. It may simply reflect the range of birth canal shapes seen throughout the world. There and there are. are some actual diagrams of these of hips as seen from above of skeletons we'll put the links to that in the show notes because yeah i guess i guess it's different is it i, I can't i'm not you good enough at eyeball that that difference really like the top one you can see that the uh yes i could see a difference in these that's a manhattan woman and her birth canal is a fifth floor walk-up <laughs> <laughs> there it is there it is i was sitting on that for about a minute so yeah. <laughs> what a pro yes <laughs> Taking us home. You know, I'm quiet a little while, and then I'm like, I, I got to make up for this. You know, I got to bring my A game to a science podcast. Uh, Hello. Yeah. Steve, where can our listeners find out about you and everything you're doing? Um, I'm at Steve Brett Young on Twitter and Instagram, and at Studio City Life Coach on Instagram, and at Studio City Coach on Twitter. Ugh. And uh, links to my book are at all those places. Okay. Excellent. Get the book. And we'll link to it, of course, in the show notes, which you can 
see on your phone or go to probabilitycience.com. And uh, yeah, it's on, it's on Amazon and uh, Book Soup in Los An- if you're in Los Angeles and uh, Marie AC if you're in the San Fernando Valley. Excellent, excellent. Check it out. It's a great, uh, great holiday gift. You can find us at Probably Science uh, on Twitter. You can find us probablyscience.com on the internet. We are individually on Twitter at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. You can email us with questions, comments, clarifications, stories you'd like us to cover, probablyscience at gmail.com. We're also Facebook slash probablyscience. That's all the places. You can also find links on the website to our Patreon and to the PayPal that will still keep going for people who prefer that method of donating money. But thank you so much, everyone who helps us keep this thing going. And yeah. we're going to be doing a bit of traveling. I'm going to hopefully, I'm going to see if I can steal someone for a recording when I'm in Australia. That'd be great. That'd be pretty fun. That'd be cool. And then I'm going to be in London as well. So I'll see if I can nab a Brit. But... <laughs> I think barring that, we might be off. We might just be off the week of Christmas, but we'll try to keep these going right up until the week. Yeah, before. we may have a, we may have a dropped episode around Christmas when you know you should be with your family. Yeah, you don't need to. Be. Or you should yours. be reading my book. Forget yes, the family. Yes, you got tons of other. <laughs> or stuff yeah, you're if doing. you don't have a family or you Listen don't get on with creature. your family, then go off with the day survival guide. Perfect for reading while you're hiding in your childhood bedroom away from your parents. Yeah. Yes, and also listen to Creature Feature. They'll probably keep putting podcasts out. I'd say so. <laughs> All right, thanks, listeners. Yep. See, See you soon. next week. Bye.